Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. This late night recording. Late night recording. I was just about to say yep. that. Mm, this is going to be a lot of fun. Everybody, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made us gay. Pete, we have a very special episode today. Oh, do we? So it is just us. Just yes, a Scott and Pete episode. Yes. And this is our first foreign movie we've done on the podcast. Wow. Or shall we say international I know that the Oscars have sort of, like, started to call the foreign film category international. Oh, it is a foreign movie. Mm-hmm. It is not from America. But, yeah, so we got to our first mm-hmm. French film, mm-hmm. a movie not in English. Um, I definitely have a pass with this movie. I'm kind of curious of what your background is sure. with this. Okay. But we watched La Belle et la Bête, mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, directed by Jean Cocteau. Released October 29th, 1946. 1946. I'm just going to warn listeners, there's probably going to be a lot of butchering of French names in this episode. Oh, yes, absolutely. French is not my first language. The only language I ever studied in school was Spanish. (laughs) Jean Cocteau, uh, starring Jean Marais, uh, probably the S is silent. Josette Day. Oh, my goodness, Josette Day. Ah, uh, get that out here. I mean, this. Okay, this is a this is like the Frenchiest French yeah. movie. Her performance too is like it's ever so French. like ah, oh. <laughs> like moving her hands, like how she just sort of poses in all of these scenes. You you know, uh, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more, but she was almost giving me like I could see that maybe Amy Adams watched a little bit of this before she before she didn't chant before it. she played Giselle, my favorite Disney princess. Just kidding. I mean, I guess I mean I think a lot of Snow White, Disney Snow yes. White, yeah. when I think of yeah. Giselle, and I guess Snow White predates this movie. Uh, yeah, thirty nine. Interesting because this yeah. this movie's old as hell. This movie's old. It is old. It is French. It is in black and white. Mm-hmm. There are subtitles that we you have to read to watch this whole movie. But you know what? Um, at the end of the day, it's Beauty and the Beast. It's one of we my, know what's going on. Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward story. It's, <laughs> it's easy, easy to, follow. to follow, and it yeah, kind of gets yeah. back to the original text of Beauty and the Beast too. Right. So this is an adaptation of the seventeen. 17- 57 story oh Lord, Beauty and the Beast written by Jean-Marie Lapice de Beaumont and was published as a part yes. of a fairy tale anthology. Okay. But also I think that there are bits and pieces of the story that just show up a lot of places in mm-hmm. popular culture and literature. Right. So I think that that author just sort of pieced together this is the definitive French version of the story. Okay. Well, I mean... Let's break it down. Every, mm. Listeners, movies <laughs> that made us gay, fans, we all, our Beauty and the Beast is 1991, Disney sure. animated, the Beauty Academy and the Beast Award that nominated. we probably introduced to. You know, I'm sitting here going, and here's Be Our Guest, and here is... Uh, here's the Gaston character. There, yeah. There's something there that wasn't there before, mm-hmm. you know, um, but... When you watch this, like you said, it incorporated so much more of the original French text. And when you're watching it, you're like, okay, so she has two evil sisters Mm -hmm. who make her 
acts as their maid, and she's like the scullery maid. And so there's like Cinderella, Cinderella in there, yeah. mm-hmm. and the father, you know, and like losing the money, and the house is like they're like house rich, but mm-hmm. like you know, land rich but poor. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that the father, uh, he's in like trades, like he's a I think he's, he's like an a, importer, exporter, an importer, an exporter. And I he think, works for Vandalay and I think Industries. That, like he had a ship that like sure. sank. Yeah. Or several sh- I don't several know. ships that yes, sank. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, it's interesting when you watch this. And you know, these fairy tales—they're old, twinkly, twinkly to like Cinderella times, back in the ye olden days, back in the ye olden days. And they all kind of do not blend together, but they all have elements, like you said, yeah. when when you go down the Wikipedia rabbit hole, they all kind of end up in the weird, like, is it French? Is it Russian? Is it German? German? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, like like we're saying, it has these elements that we're used to in other fairy tales of like the two evil sisters and all of that. Um, but, you know, the bones of the bones Beauty of the and story the Beast, are there. especially, and I mean, this isn't like a companion to the the Disney animated feature, but we're probably going to be talking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's one of those things that I did want to mention that I knew because I do sort of the programming for the podcast. And mm-hmm. I knew if I did the Disney Beauty and the Beast before this movie, yeah. like all of my film cred <laughs> would have to go away. Out the window. Of just sort of like, who do we think we are? We right. are talking, we're going to talk about the Disney movie before the 1946 movie. Right, right, of just right. sort of, I knew that, like, to sort of get there, we you have to talk about this yeah. movie. And, uh, I mean, if you're super not familiar with it at all, if you have no frame of reference for it, this movie is queer as hell. Yes. It is very, very gay. I mean, uh, down t- from the director and I'll the talk a little star, bit about the director and the star. All yep. of that good stuff. There's a lot of, like, queerness going on in the production of the movie and in the movie itself. It is a, a glamour. When we were watching this movie, it is you're just slapped in the face with the glamour. It's so beautiful the, looking. Yeah. It's like a glitter factory, like, exploded. Like, and... To you and I, Scott and myself, this is like movies that made us gay like heaven because mm-hmm. we're watching it and you're like, that was in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yep. That was in, you that know, was, this I, is very Royal Tenenbaums. This Royal, is very, you know. I thought a lot of Ridley Scott's legend. Very legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All these things that these modern directors have so blatantly ripped up. I mean, homage. homage. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, you know, to this movie. Um, I'm Bram Stoker's Dracula is filled, filled with it. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Um, when we get to like the design and all of that, but do you want to talk a little bit about Cocteau and like, before we get into that, sure. I kind of want to go into my first memories. Of oh yes, movie. of course. So That's I all. remember when I was in high school, my stepdad, Don got me for Christmas or my birthday one year, a collection of Roger Ebert's great movies. Okay. It's just, it's probably like a series of like 20 reviews of his. And I remember reading all of them. I had not seen a majority of them, Mm -hmm. but I remember reading his entry on Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this movie sounds really interesting. And I want to track it down. Yeah. And I did not end up watching this movie until college because I was also watching Angels in America, directed by Mike Nichols. And there is a big sequence in Angels in America Mm -hmm. that's a dream sequence. And they do the hallway scene with Mary Louise Parker. 
Like it's pretty on much a skateboard. Like shot by shot, yeah. she's going down the hallway. Yeah, the candelabras are the arms, mm-hmm. and I think that I'm probably just read it online. It's a direct, uh, it's Rip a off. direct homage <laughs> to Beauty and the Beast. Right, and then I rented this from our uh, the Bozeman Library. Oh, I rented the, this is a library rental. I rented this from the library. <laughs> this is a very the classic library cinema rental. Yeah, yeah. Did you rent a lot of movies from the library? The, I did in college. The only movies that I ever rented from the library were stuff like this. Foreign sure. movies, old movies. Stuff that was harder to yeah, get a hold of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I think we had to watch like Europa Europa for like yeah. history class mm-hmm. for going over World War II. And like I had to get that from the library. Ooh, Europa, Europa, that's a rough one. Um, Especially like if that. you were taking film classes, yeah. they would set whatever movie you're watching aside. Yeah. And back when I was in college, you just watched it in the library. Like you yeah. went in like the the room with like the little TVs yeah. or you were doing a group project with uh, other students and mm-hmm. you had to watch mm-hmm. it all together because mm-hmm. you were doing some like presentation on it or something mm-hmm. but yeah i rented i remember it was the summer of oh five okay that i rented this movie okay and oh yeah like it's stunning and the criterion is really cool because they have the philip glass score yes you get this beautiful um score that accompanies just the regular movie mm-hmm. and then that homo philip glass <laughs> wrote an entire <laughs> opera of course because of course he did of beauty and the beast and you can watch a cut of the movie with the philip glass score right which i remember thinking was really neat yeah well that was the first time i'd ever encountered that was when i bought dracula on dvd mm-hmm. todd browning's 1939 dracula and that also comes with a, a separate philip glass score that he developed for the film and then there's like a isolated just the score track and all of that um i think i watched this probably around the same time um my dear friend espy friend of the pod she guested on our romeo plus juliet episode um espy and i were always very like ooh, we were like artsy like just like ooh, we like we loved harold and maude mm-hmm. and like you know like just so like tween like you know we just loved like the cool shit um and i always trusted her judgment with movies and she was the the first one that recommended that i watch the red shoes i love the red shoes you know and i feel like this is kind of a complimentary movie oh definitely they would i could see like the double feature at the new Mm -hmm. beverly of absolutely uh beauty and the beast and the red shoes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um I feel like I don't know if she recommended this to me, so, but I feel like the two of us would have been like we like this is this is the one but just because like at times it can look like a meatloaf video, mm-hmm. but at other times it's just this beautiful fever dream of glitter and so I'm glad that you brought up Espy because a <laughs> uh, friend of the pod I was just texting with her today mm-hmm. about this movie okay so that what did we you were to covering say? it today yes and she said I have not seen it yet oh, then I'm a big old liar. I remember you guys said I would love it then I'm a big old liar. so you are sort of misremembering I'm misremembering Espy it recommending this movie but that she said, did say the red, it was the red shoes if you know our friend yeah. Espy mm-hmm this is right up her alley. This is right up her alley. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. And I remember the very first time I watched this movie. 
you know, it's an older movie. It's uh, it's from 1946. And we always joke around about... Um, not the oldest movie that we've covered no, on the show. No, not the oldest movie mm-hmm. we've covered on the show. But movies from this time frame, uh, Snow White, Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz, Gone with the Wind, they always had like a dedication at the at the at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. where they were like, this movie is a, like a thesis statement the, to like a high school paper. The title credits of this movie also, by the way, like mic drop in the oh first God, yeah. 20 seconds so of cool. the movie. So of, cool. With Cocteau like right, like He's drawing them out on a chalkboard. on the chalkboard and this like cool like handwriting and it's all in French, obviously. And you know what's also kind Erasing of it. badass about that? No one can do that now. Oh, yeah. He did it in, in the 40s, <laughs> and now anybody that yeah. does credits like that yeah. are just fucking posers. Just ripping it off. Because he already did it. Yeah. But then, not only that, it goes to, like, a stagehand holding the clapboard. Yeah. Love like, it. Like, that so cool. shit in... Can you Like, in the 40s, people were like, oh, they left that in. And Like, you know what I mean? Like, movies yeah. were not deconstructed like that. Movies had to be, like, perfect, you know? And so there are things in movies now that we take for granted, you know? Um, Something that you would never see yeah. in, Amer- in an American movie yeah. in the 40s at this time. I mean, even when you're watching the news and you can see a cameraman or lighting equipment and they'll pull back as they're going to commercial and you can see the set. That's just something that they do now on the morning news. Just mm-hmm. add a little bit more pizzazz. But like in the seventies or whatever, like Walter Cronkite would never, he'd be like, get that shit back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get that like, it, like you're shattering the <laughs> illusion. Yeah. But I think that you bring up, you bring up a good point that, Cocteau was always an artist first, is that yeah. he, he, may a, have, a artist, he may have yeah. directed movies, yeah. but I don't think that he would have ever called himself a film a director. Film, right, right, like, right. this was just the medium that he was using at the moment. Right, right. Was film. Right. Mm-hmm. He was a bohemian um, artist, poet, you know, a painter. A true renaissance man a renaissance in every man. sense of the word. Yes, indeed. Uh, a bon vivant. Surrealist, avant-garde. Yes. He mm-hmm. ran in circles with, you know, other artists and and all of that fun stuff. And he was a known homosexual. And for the most part, I don't think that he really tried to hide his right. gayness from society. Right. Like, he was very forward of sort of his personal tastes right and um i was reading that he had a relationship with the french poet uh raymond renjet okay i told you i was probably sure. gonna butcher some names. works but yeah so he had a lot of affairs most notably the star of the movie yes mm-hmm. the beast the very handsome jean marais jean marais marais mm-hmm. however you pronounce it he okay and the gag the Gagarini of this movie is that he plays the Beast and he also plays Avenon, which is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the Gaston yeah. character. And this friend movie. of the brother that is trying to seek yes. the affection yes. of beauty. Of beauty. Belle. 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 Now, in this film, like we said, Belle has two sisters. Um, Just serving bitch. I love these two characters. I love how yeah. awful they are. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Felice and Adeline? Yes, Felice and, uh, yeah. Uh, Adeline? Yeah. Well, they call it Felicity, uh, Adelaide. Adelaide. Adelaide, yeah. Felicity and Adelaide, and then they have a brother, Ludovic. And Felicity and Adelaide are awful. <laughs> Wear some very beautiful hats in this movie, too. <laughs> well, that was my mm-hmm. thing. I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, 
Is it uh, is it Three Musketeers time? I'm going to take it it's probably set Three around the time, time that they're the kind story of, was set. They're giving me Pilgrim. 1700s. They're giving me, uh, yeah. you know, Three Musketeers. They're giving me, um, yeah, just old. Category time. is yeah. pre... Buckles and bows. Category is... <laughs> French, pre-French Revolution. Yes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of times, uh, Belle is giving me, like, Girl with the Pearl Earring. It's it's a little Vermeer. She's serving Mm -hmm. Vermeer a lot. She's, like, milkmaid. I definitely get a lot of Vermeer when you look at when it goes to Belle's home in the countryside. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. which I love. The two sisters uh, are kind of like... I hesitate to say uppity, so I won't say that. They're kind of um, stuck-up girls. They, you know, they're all about their appearances, trying to, you know, act more rich than they are. It's kind of a riches to rags because they were once very wealthy, and now they be broke. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they don't want anybody to know. They're having a very hard time adjusting to it. But, like, all the town knows anyway, Mm -hmm. so they're still trying to keep up these appearances, right? Ludovic, the brother, is he calls himself a scoundrel Mm -hmm. and he's a card player and he's got like all these like gambling debts and i think he's like a womanizer and the girls are just like you're good for nothing get a job like help support us dad's like lost all our money and you're like losing it even more and ludovic has a best friend named avanant and avanant is much like gaston very handsome yeah very handsome. Not immediately the villain of the movie, no, too. No, I was going to say, at mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie, he's like, Belle, dude, let's get married. Get yeah. you the hell out of here. Come with me. You don't need any you of this leave, nonsense. You can leave all of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, no. And I like, just don't think that Belle wants to leave her dad. Right. Because she's the good daughter and she needs to, you know. So it doesn't quite out. match up the characters right, right. Of, of the Disney movie. Until the very end. Mm-hmm. In yeah. In... Uh, not Ludovic, but uh, Avenant. And Avenant's like, you know, like he kind of goes a little crazy trying to save Belle, mm-hmm. you know. So and that's when it kind of, okay, things shift a little bit. And it's like, all right, dude, calm down. But, you know, uh, so it's the same actor. It's Jean-Marie playing um, Avenant, and then he's also playing the Beast. And like I said, quite handsome as Avenon. Yes. Chiseled. <laughs> Chiseled features. You know. A body that you probably did not see on a lot of men at this time in the 40s. <laughs> yeah. When yeah, you yeah. look at that, like, muscle definition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, we have to talk about the Beast's look. Uh, <laughs> you know what it's giving me? And I think I mentioned it as we were just watching it a few minutes ago. Uh-huh. It's giving me... Chanel walking in on All Stars of Drag Race, <laughs> looking like the Beast. Well, sh- that was from the Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. stage show. So the face and the face is you know full makeup application, mm-hmm. fur, probably. Bangs, I think it took like four hours yeah, to put on all that stuff. Hair, you know, a mane, all this stuff. And what the costume designers did was they were really serving proportion. They were proportionizing. Yeah. With him, because obviously they couldn't do they can like build up the shoulders. Yeah, yep. But they couldn't do anything with his legs. Mm-hmm. They can't do the pan's labyrinth like backwards, yeah. ankle like, like there was a, like there a cat was some, or like there was a dog. Some constraints that you couldn't you know quite make him. Yeah, it was like, the, it was the forties, so they could do hands. So he had furry hands and nails, and the face was 
insane. It looks crazy. Like, how did they do that at this time with spirit gum and, like, mm-hmm. yak hair? Yeah. Um, but his body is just a man in clothes. And so they did these shoulders that are very Chanel. Mm-hmm. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Season 1, uh, All-Stars 1. <laughs> um, very draggy shoulders that just kind of broaden his whole body. The head piece is so big because of the mane and all that. And then he's got one of those... What do they call the ring collars? Oh, sure. Like the Pennywise. Very like, very like Renaissance. A, a rough, a rough, what do they call it? Like, uh, it's called a rough, yeah. Like a mm-hmm. shake, shake a spear kind of. Yeah, I'm not really sure what it's called. Ruffled, but yeah. Ruffled mm-hmm. collar situation. And so his head is quite large. So if they didn't do the big shoulder thing, it would look crazy mm-hmm. on his just normal man body. And then the shoulders kind of go down. Uh, there's like draping over them and that goes down the length of his body to like his feet. And mm-hmm. so it widens his entire body and makes him look big. Like, yeah, some like cool, the beast. Yes. Some cool boots too. Very cool. Wears, too. And the boots mm-hmm. are what gives me the three musketeers kind of situation. But what um, really completes the look for me, it's the eyes. Yeah. Very beautiful. Yeah, eyes. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Especially like how they light it. Like yeah. his, his lot, his, he has very like expressive eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and the actor um, is doing a little like a little Christian Bale like Batman situation where when I he's love Avenal, the voice. Yeah, when he's Avenal, I he's wanted to speaking. use it as the opening clip, yeah. even though and like he's the beast. Just very- <laughs> we don't. I mean, I don't Scratchy. speak French, but no. I mean, I could listen to that yeah. intro on repeat. And the yeah. intro is when he's talking to Bell of "You can only see me at dinner." Yes, that's when I'm going to appear because mm-hmm. I'm so like ashamed of myself that you can only see me like once a day yes 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 um so the basic storyline of bell's father he's not an inventor in this movie no (laughs) he's like we said he's an importer exporter for vandalism. so i take it that some uh he kind of his ships one of his ships full of okay full of merchandise Mm -hmm. textiles or whatever was lost at sea, and then he got news that they found it. And so he was going into town to, like, talk to all of his, like, mm-hmm. debtors and say, like, hey, I found the ship. It's here. Mm-hmm. Um, some bad news happened. Either the ship was empty or something. Like, it just wasn't going to work out regardless. Like, they were just, like, whatever came in is just not enough to pay off mm-hmm. everything because you're that far behind. So you still broke, mm-hmm. you know? And so he was just like, all right, screw it. I got to go home. Lost in the woods. Finds himself in this chateau. Yes. This very mysterious chateau that he is sort of like beckoned in. Yes. Like, and this mm-hmm. is this is where we get, uh, you know, it, there are not enchanted forks and knives in this movie. It's pretty much just the, the candelabras in the hand. I mean, there's mm. kind of arms everywhere yeah. in this <laughs> castle. Yes. Like there's just sort of... Arms that come out of the table. There's arms that come out of the candelabras down the hallway. But not. But not only that. Uh, doors open for mm-hmm. for you. Yep. His name's not Maurice, but you know Maurice, the father. Um, you know, as as Maurice walks up to the chateau, the branches of the tree open for part him. for him. Yep. And to me, I'm watching that, and I was like, "Oh, that's in Coppola's Dracula. They do that with the peacock feathers." Yep. And then, as he. Uh, 
the st- uh, a door opens and it turns out it's a stable door and his horse mm-hmm. his horse goes in and as he's about to follow the horse and the door closes and it's like okay that's the stable so your horse is going to sleep in there and then he goes into the house and yeah that's when we see the arms holding the candelabras mm-hmm. which is all over Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah. they're not specifically holding candelabras because that would be too much it would be too literal. But there's mm-hmm. arms holding like dripping candles, like a single can. And then they're just, they'll just be some art, kind of like a gargoyle shape, but it's like an arm with like a. The statues, hand. the statues are real people, too. In this movie, mm-hmm. the statues that are faces are so wild. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah. my God, I love it. It's pretty cool. The way they just move, their eyes move from side to side and everything. I mean, of course, everything's practical. It's 1946 again. So it's all stuff that he did, you know? And the, I mean, this, the thing about movies like this is that like after a certain point, how much of the IMDb trivia is real? How much of it is like legend? Mm-hmm. You know, Judy Garland going on like Dick Cavett talking about like. The Tin Man and the and the Scarecrow like or, closing yeah. in on her as orgies with the <laughs> orgies with the Munchkin. Yeah, 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 we've heard it all. How much of it becomes legend? But the the IMDb trivia says that the statuary that are faces in the castle are children, um, and they're children t- so that they look smaller and not sure. just like a person next to. As Maurice is sitting mm-hmm. there eating dinner, there's the fireplace behind him and the like end pieces the fire uh this this dining room always reminds me of darkness from legend where Mm -hmm. he meets lily yes it reminds me of the big fireplace of that movie yes and just a table full of Mm -hmm. food and candles and more food and wine and all that so here's what i noticed watching it this time my memories of this movie, and when you think of this movie, you just kind of imagine these, like, ornate sets. They are not. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when we were watching it tonight, it's pretty minimal. It's You can see the stage mm-hmm. floor. Yeah. The hallway where the candelabras are coming out of the wall, it's just a wood wall mm-hmm. painted black. Yeah. With... Armholes. It's almost like a black box set. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's this there's the fireplace and the table, and the next to it is a staircase, and the staircase is made of it's just wood. Mm-hmm. Completely unfinished. And it adds no railing, no nothing. And what I like about it now is that it just sort of adds to how surreal it is. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all painted black yeah. and it's all lit very uh I don't know, expressionistic. It's not an expressionism movie. But, you know, when you have these, like, for all intents and purposes, black box sets, Mm -hmm. you know, and you would, I just imagine in my head, because there are shots, um, you know, his, like, his little magical, his little magical room that, like, is forbidden. It's, like, filled with all the, like, gold and jewels. That's, like, all ornate and everything. But the castle itself... Yeah, it's is pretty very minimal, very simplistic. Pretty simplistic. Mm-hmm. And you know, that reminded me back to Bram Stoker's Dracula. Coppola said that at the beginning, in his early thought process, he uh-huh. wanted the sets and the staging to be completely minimal, and he wanted the costume. He wanted the movie to lead by the costume design. Yeah. And I think that's why they ended up firing the cinematographer. Yeah. Is, was over uh, arguments about stuff yeah. like that. And obviously they didn't end up doing that because the production design is mm-hmm. just as over the top as the costumes in Dracula. Yeah. But I think he got a lot of that from this. Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's yeah. just black. They're just in front of black. 
Belle's room is beautiful. Belle's room is giving me like Norma Desmond's bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> but the rest of the castle of what we see of it, we don't see Beast's room. There's no library. There's no none of that stuff. It's always just the hall, the main, the main room with the fireplace and the table, mm-hmm. the staircase. And then you'll see Belle's bedroom, another hallway, things like that. But, um, yeah, it's very... I- I found a little bit of IMDb trivia of how they filmed the candlelight scenes. The effect of the candle lighting themselves as the merchant passes uh, passes them was achieved by blowing them out and then running the film in reverse as he walked backwards past them. The entire sequence was done in one long take and reversed. A quick glimpse of the fireplace shows the flames appearing to move downward. Yeah. And... Also, when you watch uh, Ridley Scott's Legend, they do kind of something similar with that. Where the candles Where you can on, sort yeah. of see uh, the the smoke yeah. moving in a weird way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the think- smoke or like, like the fog. Because yeah. they broke out like the fog machine in that movie. Yes. So you can sort of see it moving on the floor. Things like running film backwards is a very like old school like mm-hmm. special effect kind of a thing when – you know, optical effects. and It works when the shot is too tricky to get in camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so there's a couple of shots in this movie that are done um, in reverse. And they're pretty effective. I think, to, you know, modern eyes are just like, oh, that was backwards. Mm-hmm. But when you watch it and when you're just kind of wrapped up in, like, the magic of this movie. And that's the thing. I, th- I think that Cocteau used a lot of cool tricks Almost like magic tricks, mm-hmm. you know, very, very like a millier kind of a thing or where he utilized yeah. what he could from filmmaking at the time. Or like the power of the edit of to, when... Yeah, to uh, make it look right. Kind, of like, look kind of like at the end, one of my favorite shots of the movie is when Belle gives the necklace to one of her sisters. Oh. And when the sisters pick it up, it's a... I mean, what is it? Hair? It's, no, it's like a mangled. Like I felt like it was a, like plants, like roots. It looks like something that you would pull out of your drain, or like de- yeah, or just. De- I thought it was just like a dead plant. And then when she throws it on the ground, it cuts it to, drops the necklace to the again. necklace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, the way she kinda... hands it off, it's pearls in Belle's hand, and she passes it to the sister. And as it, like, I don't know if it's a cut, if it's in camera or what, but it turns into just this kind of these fun, seamless thing. edits. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, that, that's the thing. At the time, like necessity just gives way to this ingenuity and this like you know inventiveness, where they come up with these crazy, cool you know uh, shots. And um, yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, and at the very beginning of the movie, when there is that, well, a there's a really cool. Um, credit sequence with the hand drawn things, but there's the, uh, the dedication that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in wizard, usually it's, it's fantasy movies, period movies, movies probably meant for children, but adults are yeah. going to gravitate. To and them. so he, t- yep. and so he talks about that in the dedication and talking about fairy tales and children, children believing fairy tales that we read to them or stories that we tell them and thinking that they're true and all that. And, and here's a fairy tale for you. And so when I'm watching it, I'm like, was this a children's movie? Was yeah, this intended to be I a have family? that in my notes. Is this even a children's movie? Because yeah. it seems to be more for adults. Yeah. Because there are shots of this movie when you see Belle, 
when the beast is like um, walking behind her, that it's like almost orgasmic. <laughs> that like she is like she is like feeling herself when she's in this castle. Just these very like erotic shots. Oh my goodness, of Belle. So, so mm-hmm. uh, I want to talk a little bit about Josette Day uh, as Belle. What, she, I mean, if you were to sort of describe her as an American actress, who would you? Describe well, I was going to say she's just. I would say she looks like Garbo to me. Yeah. Like that's Garbo. the closest thing. She's got the, Marlena she's got Dietrich. the brows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marlena. Yeah, Marlena. Um, she's just. I mean, she's very beautiful. She's blonde. She the, her hair is insane. In this movie. Yeah. But the thing is, at the beginning of the movie, like we said, she, the sisters are making her sew their clothes, cook the food. You know, all this stuff. And um, she's the scullery maid. She's the Cinderella. And as she, like, comes out of the of the farmhouse and, like, stops against the wall just because she's so tired and overworked, mm-hmm. it's just, like, flawless. Gorge. Flawless. Face. Like, yep. black and white Madonna Vogue mm-hmm. video. Just, like, serving face. Isaac, serving brows. Isaac Mizrahi from Unzip Dewey Skin. Dewey Skin. If you're going to die in the tundra, this is Perfect how you do it. brows, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay. I love when she's sneaking out of the house to go to the Beast Castle. Yeah. Like, her, her like, incognito. The hooded, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sneaking out of the house. It's, it's her, like, French, cover French lieutenant's woman, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, drag. Yeah, and she's just, like, looking from side to side. And, like, Hands very on the wall. Slow. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's mm-hmm. so, like, dr- dramatic and over the top. That's what we were talking about. It's, I mean, it's sort of when earlier. you think of classic movie melodrama almost silent movie silent movie melodrama yeah. you think of this type of almost silent performance movie. it's just very yeah, like pantomime yeah. yeah yeah and um and so that leads me to when she does get to the castle and she starts walking around you know uh maurice the father you know he's just like this old lumbering man and he's looking and and he's amazed at everything that's happening when she gets there she's like frightened and then there's the hallway scene that we talked a little bit about before and this is where i'm telling you it is a meatloaf video it is celine dion it's all coming back to me now you expect like a motorcycle to just come like bursting through the window is that uh i would do anything for love by meatloaf with the motorcycle yeah yeah there is like white gauzy curtains just like flowing in the wind coming through this hallway and she's like Literally gliding, gliding across the floor. down the hallway on an invisible skateboard, and it's just like it's surreal and it's beautiful. And again, modern audiences, I don't know, maybe somebody would think it was funny, but like it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty successful. <laughs> I think it's really mm-hmm. cool. And you know, when you do watch something like an early nineties power ballad music video where they're obviously taking this as reference and they're just amping it up to a hundred total total eclipse of the heart you know what i mean like bonnie tyler yeah Mm -hmm. all those videos where there's just like you know flowing curtains and all this stuff um i mean it's pretty much where joel schumacher got his entire aesthetic of his career absolutely go watch from a movie like this go watch flatliners Mm -hmm. adrian line um but when you watch this, it's very simple. Like we were saying before, the set is very simple. It's a couple of curtains, and it's her being pulled along, you know, on a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's just super successful, you know? And um, it's, it's an iconic mo- 
movie image. Yeah, and it's copied a million times for a reason. I mean, I don't know if shots like this were done before this movie. I mean, there probably were, but we always remember Beauty and the Beast being one of the first big ways to shoot a scene like this. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, you know, they work a lot with mirrors. Mirrors are a big kind of... um, concept in this movie the beast has a special mirror and that's something that's that's kind of brought along in most versions of Beauty most and the versions beast. of the material have yeah. the mirror that he, she yeah. can uh see her father with or, and mm-hmm. he can see her he can see her yeah, yeah all of that and so that's but, in here. and this movie includes the glove which i wonder if that's something in the original story or well he he says to her at some exclusively point exclusively to this there he's got like these five elements of his magic mm-hmm. and it's like it's the mirror the glove Golden key and a couple other things. Okay, so the golden key is there is sort of a conservatory in his garden. Yeah. And it's like Diana's I forget like how they actually describe it. He calls it a pavilion. Uh, is it like Diana's pavilion or yeah, something? Yeah. And it's not really clear what exactly it is. I almost just think that it just it is the yeah. hub of all of the magic yeah. in this castle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what it is. It's where yeah, yeah it's where the magic comes from. And he, and he says, "You can't go in there. I can't, I can't even go, go in there. there. Yeah. yeah, nobody can go in there. And this is this key unlocks it. And that's kind of how he shows her how much he trusts her is by giving her this key. Right? Can I just say there's something about the beast that is so emo. Too. Like he's all about like don't look at me. I'm ugly. Yeah, and he's not really mean." He's more just torture. Yes, because mm-hmm. in this movie, the the thing with the father is that, like, you picked a flower, you picked a rose. Those are my favorite roses. If you picked anything else, it would have been fine. But those roses are my favorite, and therefore you must die. And he straight up tells the dad, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And the dad's like, no, 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 I've got children. You can't kill me. And he's like, okay, go home. Say your goodbyes. And then come back. Send him a magic horse. Magnifique. 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 Magnificent. I'm sending you on my magic horse. So Magnifique will be able to bring you back. But just, but he's cool enough that he's like, go and come back. And Maurice is like, sure. And then I'll just set your horse free and never come back. Yeah. But, and so that's when he tells them the whole story. And Belle is like, fuck this. I'm going to go under the cover of night. And she steals Magnifique. And Magnifique has straight up uh, glitter in the hair. Like, what is, does Barbie have like a, like a, a fantasy glitter horse? I mean, there's gotta be. Barbie definitely has one. I mean, classic My Little Pony. Yeah. I mean, what were the 80s toys of, I mean, like My Little Ponies were like petite. Yeah. But what were like the big Like fucking, a horse horse? The big yeah. fucking horses from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. But Mighty Feek is like, why? He's almost giving me like She-Ra's, like She-Ra's horse, Swift Wind. And so when Belle does come back, she's like, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm taking my father's place because I didn't want you to kill him. Mm-hmm. And he's not like, okay, let's, okay, well then let's go kill you. And he's not like, oh, I'm putting you in jail. Like, as soon as he shows up, he immediately falls in love with her, and he's like, here's your fabulous Norma Desmond bedroom. Marry me. Let's get married. Come live in my enchanted castle. Which, I mean, 
Considering what her home life is right now, <laughs> not that bad of a proposition. Yeah. yeah. Belle may want to reconsider. I mean, is the whole, like, you only have to see me once a day at 7 o'clock for dinner part of the deal? Because mm-hmm. if it is, then why not? Because the castle's not, like, all gross and disgusting. It's not like, you know... Um, it seems cool, nice. There's food. There's just a lot of like hands everywhere. She talks about all of the hands like styling her, doing her <laughs> hair too. Because mm-hmm. I mean, her hair is like past her ass. It is like so long. Yeah, and I love that she has her little teeny, little teeny crown. Her little crown. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. There is a Smashing Pumpkins video where they're all dressed crazy. Surprise, surprise. And Darcy is looks like. Bell with the little crown. I'm sure that there is some like uh, Cocteau inspired images in old Smashing Pumpkins oh, videos. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. The video that I'm talking about is for a song called "Is Off the Door" album, and it's called. Oh, I can't find it. Oh well, but I'll I'll, I'll mention it later. But um, yeah, she's got the little teeny the little teeny crown. It's a, mm-hmm. it's it's a little um. Who is it? It's like uh, not King Candy. Who's the who's the? Yeah, is it King Candy from um, Rick and Ralph? Rick and Ralph. Yeah. yeah. Does he have a little crown like that? I think, I think so. Does, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Alan Tudyk character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At at any rate, she's got like fabulous gowns, fabulous gowns, fabulous hair. Mm-hmm. Um, when she's living at the castle, so yeah, it's like kind of like just stay there. <laughs> Your sisters are assholes. They don't mm-hmm. get to come visit. <laughs> Your brother's like going to be in the poor house for all his like, gambling debts. But she sees in the mirror that Maurice Aww. is ill. And he's just saying, So she's begging ben. to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Beast is so trusting. His whole thing is like, go home for a week. Yeah. That's what he told Maurice at the beginning. Go, go home for a week, say goodbyes, and come Here's back. my magical glove. Go back home. Tie up all those lease ends. That and I'll be here waiting for you. Magical transporter glove. That shit is so cool. Yeah. The first time she does it, oh my God. And she like comes out of the wall. That shit's crazy. That scene is like insane. And it's one of those plot devices that I think that modern audiences would probably give a hard time. Yeah. In a movie, but yeah. who cares? It's just magic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's all, all like magic and stuff like that. It all has to like be explained well, and away also, I somehow. Think there's like, something about this movie that all sort cares. of laws of yeah reality are yeah. out the window as soon as you walk on the grounds well yeah mm-hmm. and he even tells her too he's like here take this glove put it on think about where you want to go and you'll be there and it'll be tomorrow and he tells her like it's nighttime right now but it's not gonna be nighttime because when you're in my castle time works different here mm-hmm. he tells her yeah so you know and uh, I was going to say, we don't really get, like, a prologue of, like, how he turned into the beast. There's a there's a little line of dialogue at the very end when he turns into yeah, the prince. Yeah, and that it's so vague. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, is it vague? Is it pres- I don't know. Oh, I, I, I had to look it up because yeah, it was so weird. I was like, what? Hold on. <laughs> it's a little weird. It's a little cuckoo, but, I mean, again, it's one of those things that I feel like audiences, it's just like, okay, whatever. The Nobody spell cares. Is, the spell's broken. Yeah. The spell's broken, and now he's a handsome prince. Um, um, he explains that because his parents did not believe in spirits, in revenge, the spirits turned him into a beast. Sure. 
Yeah. And that's old-timey folklore, though. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, you know, fairy children and, and like, changelings and all that. And, and, like, the fairies stealing your baby and leaving, like, a goblin baby in its place and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That's things that, like, European people would, like, you know, folklore. That's stuff that they would say all the time. Yeah. Changeling babies and all that. Also, just sort of what exactly is in the woods. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these French woods. There's no wolves in this one. No. I was hoping there'd be wolves. Mm-hmm. I love French wolves. It wasn't in the budget. <laughs> There's no budget for a damn wolf. No budget for wolves in this movie. <laughs> not in this one. This entire movie was shot in a soundstage. No, that's not true. Those outdoors. Um, they did shoot on a French chateau. I have it written down here. One moment. Hmm. The Beast Castle. The Beast Castle exteriors were shot at an existing location, the Chateau de la Roche Carbon, a French historic site. There you go. Mm-hmm. Did you read about the costumes? The costumes were all created by the House of Lanvin. Oh, sure, it's in my notes here. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lanvin, but I think it's pronounced Lanvin. They, they, uh, La Roche taught us that on season one of uh, Legendary mm-hmm. House of Lanvin. Pronounced Lenvon. Um, and the men's costumes in particular were designed and created by Pierre Cardin, like the actual Pierre Cardin. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who's like just a name now, but like all those like name fashion designers at one point were like a fabulous homosexual in France designing clothes for people. And Pierre Cardin was a person and a fashion designer and he worked under the house of Lenvon and. Yeah, like even House like Bill Glass, like the House of Lambon, uh, <laughs> coming to the stage. Um, yeah, so the costume. I mean, you know, I feel like any French movie worth its salt, it's going to have like costume designers, like mm-hmm. from a fabulous fashion house. Yeah, I love that about old movies. So, do you know what I saw when mm. I was looking on the wiki mm. of the main star? Tell me. Jean uh, Marais. 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 He is on the cover of The Smith's This Charming Man. Oh, is that him? I guess that is him. Okay. We're in a Wikipedia. That's him. Yeah, let me look it up. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to look it up again. I know what it looks like, but I'm just going to. How do you like that? I mean, I buy it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. That one? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's him. I think that it's specifically... Oh, that's totally him. I think it's specifically a still from uh, Orpheus. Sure. Now, was Orpheus before or after? Uh, I think it's after. I think it's 1950. I didn't mean to watch that. It's on HBO Max. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that is totally Jean-Marie. Yeah. How funny. Um, Did you know that... uh, Because when I... Jean-Marie, I think of the guy... I think of... um, Who's the star of Purple Noon... Oh, sure. Uh, Alan Delon. Yeah, Alan Delon. And uh, Alan the Delon. director of Purple Noon, mm-hmm. Ren, Ren Clement, ended up filling in as a director of this movie, uncredited, when uh, Cocteau became ill. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they okay. sort of shared. Dur- okay. I mean, he probably just filled in like a handful of shooting days when he couldn't make it to set, but I thought that was interesting. Sure. I really like Purple Noon. And, uh, yeah, he directed that movie. All right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like I said, this director just ran in those bohemian circles and in France. I found out something in the 40s kind and the 50s. Of, I found out something kind of charming that he was friends with Marlena Dietrich. Love it. And they went 
to the first screening together and she sat with him and she like held his hand the entire time. And when the prince kind of, when the beast turns into the prince at the very end, yeah, Marlena like got up and shouted at the screen, where is my beautiful beast? So we have to Marlene talk about... Marlene Dietrich was not about the beast turning into the handsome prince. prince. Mm-hmm. Which I think it's sort of the point, is yeah. that I think that when he sort of body switches yeah. with the brother's friend, mm-hmm. because the brother is shot by Diana. And I fe- in this movie, it really feels like it's a body swap. Yeah. It really does feel like... Uh, like I said, there's a point in the movie where Avenant... The brother's friend who's in love with Belle. Mm-hmm. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to go rescue her. And the evil sisters are like, here's everything you need. Yep. Like, we got the magic horse. They get all of the information they, from Belle. They stole the key. Yep. They stole the key. All this nonsense. Mm-hmm. And they're like, go. 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 Do whatever you need to do because there's some rich stuff over there. And we need the rich stuff because... And they, are, they have already found out that the beast's riches... Are in this pavilion. Well, that they're in the pavilion, yep. but also that uh, the sisters can't touch them. Yeah. Because they just turn to... Oh, when they get the mirror from yeah. the horse. Yeah. I I forgot about the scene of the movie when they bring the mirror inside the house. Yeah. And one of the sisters looks at it and she's... She's a, an old woman. And she's an old woman. And the other sister looks at it. She's a little monkey. And she's a little monkey. <laughs> yep. Well, she told the dad... That she wanted a monkey. Oh, yeah, she wanted a monkey. Bring me back a monkey. Because that's when they thought he was going to be rich again. That's when they, they found out that he, the ships were found with all of his stuff inside and that he was going to be able to sell it. But then it turned out that there was nothing there. But when he was going, like, oh, I'm going to town to go get all my money. We're going to be rich now. Money, honey. The one girl was like, oh, bring me, like, a dress or whatever. But the other sister was like, oh, I want a monkey. And the dad was like, okay, whatever. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so when they look in the mirror and it's really effective mm-hmm. when you see the old woman. Yeah. Because the girl like is holding it and the old woman in it is like she's acting like in that little one little shot. I'm like, okay, it's very effective. And then when the the really mean one gets it, she looks and she's a little monkey, she's a little Marcel mm-hmm. with a little like cap, little milkmaid cap. Um so yeah, so when Avenant and the brother go they make a beeline right for the pavilion too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're um, gonna go check it out before they yeah. before they go after. And the beast. they like try to use the key, but the brother's like, "There's magic everywhere. We know there's magic. We saw the mirror. We saw the horse." So they figure the best way is to go through the roof and break the glass. <laughs> that seems like <laughs> the logical step of yeah. not going in through the front door. Is cracking the ceiling. And, and the brother's like, what are you doing? It's too high. Like, this is crazy. And Avanon's like, no, no, no. I got this. Like, lower me down. Whatever. And in another instance of statues coming to life, there's a statue of Diana. And who is... What goddess is Diana? Diana's goddess of the hunt. Okay. I believe that she is Roman. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, is her Greek counterpart is probably... Um, Diana. Diana is her, her counterpart, Selene. She goddess of the moon. I'm thinking. I'm not sure. Greek goddess of the hunt. Artemis. Oh, Artemis. Mm-hmm. There you go. But yeah, I know that Diana's. Uh, yeah, and this Di- the and this Diana, the statue is she's she's got a bow and arrow, 
and she just turns and like boom shoots him right in the back mm-hmm. and as Avenant gets hit with the arrow he turns, he into, the turns into the beast yep. and at that exact moment the beast like leaps up like yeah, because the spring in because his like the beast is dying <laughs> it's like he's he's dying of a broken heart that's where it gets a little like what's I mean, going on. I think he's dying, I think of, a he's dying of a broken heart. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Bell's if you're gonna, gone if you're gonna use like fairy tale logic yeah. that his heart can't handle that she's been and gone. She has her she's has her week of like going back and caring for the dad, but she hasn't really been like the sisters hijacked the mirror, so she hasn't really been in real contact with him. So I think he's just like where the fuck is she? She's been gone too long. And I think the magic is kind of unraveling because it's all being stolen and used in these weird ways. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why he's dying too. Yeah. Um, and when he's spring, <laughs> I love that shot of him, of him springing up another reverse, another reverse shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's wearing like the pumpkin pants the puffy, the, the puffy, puffy pumpkin like, pant, puffy pumpkin pants. <laughs> yep, tights. Mm-hmm. Like his his face is like so beautiful. His hair is cool. I mean, this is when you really see that this director knows how to deliver high camp. <laughs> is moments like this, <laughs> and it really, I think it really, like you said, it really is done in a way of like, come on, this guy. Yeah. And almost played like a joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so, and he's got this big smile and he's just like, ha like I'm alive now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> when, uh, when Belle looks at him, yeah. she's kind of like, oh, oh, okay. So we have to talk about the prince or the beast transformation in the Disney movie. Yeah, because this is a major, major point of contention with people who grow up on that movie, mm-hmm. thinking the exact same thing. You per- you always prefer the beast yes. looking like the beast. What girl? What anybody is like? Oh no, the prince at the end of Beauty and the Beast was like super hot, and he was way better than me. no one. Everybody yeah. you know, right? Is like that was weird, and especially in the animated movie i mean he's pretty much animated like fabio yes too very 90s Mm -hmm. he's got like this long hair like he's all buff looks like he just walked off of like a a harlequin romance cover Mm -hmm. the shirt all torn and it's one of those things you know i mean we can analyze disney animated features until the cows come home but we're not there for the princes Mm -hmm. right we're there for the princesses. Like, the princesses are cool, but, like, I can count on, like, two fingers, like, the good ones. Right? We like Prince Philip. We like Eric. Prince Philip, Prince Eric. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> everybody that, everybody that's else. That's kind of leads them. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. else is, is the same. They can go right off yeah. in the sunset with each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and in Beauty and the Beast in 1991, we loved the movie, and then the end comes, and Beast transforms, and we're all just like... This guy? And I feel like there isn't any <laughs> irony behind it. Unlike no, this movie. No, yes. That really knows. I was like, going to say. Cocteau knows that you prefer the yes. beast in his beast form. It's very much designed that yep. way. It's that designed like, that way. Yeah. We yep. like the beast. We sympathize with him. He's not, like you said, he's not mean or evil to Belle. And when he does eventually turn, and he even says it, he's like, 
I look like your friend, don't I? And she's like, yeah, you do. You kind of do. Did you like your friend? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, were you of. in love with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess she's like, well, yeah, I guess it'll work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, I gotta, I gotta get used to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. But you're right. It's camp. It's intentional. And it's, I think it's just speaks to, he probably knew like at a certain point, if you haven't seen the prince, like there's no way, there's nobody that it could be mm-hmm. that's going to, that we're going to be like, okay, that's better. Like, like this is, ca- this is the character that we've been invested with yeah. for 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So when it changes, we're just like, oh, okay, I'll go marry this stranger. You know, so it's always going to be a shock to the audience. So I think he had to just be like, we're just going to lean into that shock Mm -hmm. and we're going to play it and we're going to play high camp. And again, this actor is very handsome, very good looking guy. His hair as the prince at the end is I'm fascinated. It's like these big blonde curls, but not corny, like really cool looking. And like he has these dimples and just Mm -hmm. like this great smile. But. He knows. Like, he's smiling in this way that's like, he's, like, this actor is fully in on it. He knows that this is crazy. Like, he's wearing these tights, and he's not wearing shoes. Yeah. Why oh, is yeah. he wearing he's tights? Wearing, with, he's barefoot. He's wearing tights with no shoes. Mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Um, and you know what also does not make any sense? When they fly off into the sunset, when they like, fly like off Danny and into Sandy. the heavens. <laughs> Pretty much, I mean... Yeah, like straight out of Greece. Like Danny and Sandy did the Greece. I mean, they don't quite go to heaven at the end of the movie, but they go to... Some well, he says like magical Let's go. land. Yeah, I thought he was gonna take her back to her house or something, but he's like, "I'll fly you there, or whatever." And then he grabs her, and another reverse shot. They jump up into the air, where clearly they jumped off of like a scaffolding and landed on the floor, and then they just shot in reverse. And she's got like all these clothes and piles and piles of like tool and organza, and it looks crazy and fantastic and all that um her dresses are very they give me on the old seasons of project runway when they would just have to do the avant-garde, avant-garde challenge, challenge yeah and they pretty much get dresses like this yeah mm-hmm. yeah just with a, with an asymmetrical like, shoulder. like there is reasons why fashion r- references yeah. <laughs> yeah all of these garments yeah totally mm-hmm. totally um we need to talk about fairy tale theater yeah, so last night... I'm Shelley Duvall. So last night, we um, we did a little YouTube deep dive mm-hmm. into the old fairy tale theaters. So, I mean, for listeners, I mean, I'm sure that you know what fairy tale theater was. Were they made for Showtime or, or HBO? They were made for HBO. They were made for HBO, and they were usually about an hour. And Early they, 80s. We're talking 1981, mm-hmm. 82. Probably through like 84 mm-hmm. or so. And they just did all of the classic fairy tales. Yes. And some of the talent that they would get for these. Yeah. Get for these TV movies. Yeah. I mean, we watched Beauty and the Beast last night, um, which is pretty much a 50-minute remake of this of movie. This movie in particular. Yeah. The Beast makeup mm-hmm. is exactly the same. And the costuming. that one stars Susan Sarandon. Yes. A young Susan a young Sarandon. Sarandon. In 1981, mm-hmm. Susan in ni- Sarandon as the be- be- as like beauty. Gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The huge eyes, all of that. Um, Klaus Kinski, German 
avant-garde. Worked with actor. Reiner Herzog a lot. Mm-hmm. I know him most notably from the Nosferatu. Yes, right with there. Isabella Gianni, which was a Werner Herzog. And also, movie. he has some crazy eyes. He does. Mm-hmm. He looks nuts. Speaking of and beasts with very, like, dynamic yes. eyes. So, mm-hmm. uh, if all of the fairy tale theater episodes are on YouTube, I mean, we should encourage you to purchase them but they're all on youtube for free i don't think that you can even rent them anymore oh okay. they used Maybe to be on now. hulu they were and they took them off mm, so I there's remember. something just weird with the stream and why are more. they not on hbo max hello there were hbo and let me tell you listeners in 1981 hbo was about brand new right yeah and so it's not like oh like game of thrones it's not like hbo movies like what we know today like premium Cable was a brand new thing. What I got to pay for TV now, and so they had first run movies, but they also had first run programming, and they and they had these television movies. And Fairy Tale Theater was um, kind of run by Shelley Duvall. She hosted every episode. Yep. She probably she, got an exec producer yes, credit on she it too. A, she appeared in a couple She's, of. Them. I believe she is Rapunzel. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you watch some of them, you know, like Scott said, the talent in them is very interesting. You know, Tim Burton, one of his earliest directing jobs was directing Aladdin and his magical lamp for the fairy tale theater. Um, Our good buddy, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman is Pinocchio. Um, Christopher Reeve, Superman is uh, the woodsman in... Little Red Riding Hood. No, it he, uh, well, full. I know that I know that Christopher Reeve is the prince in Sleeping Beauty. Oh, Sleeping Beauty. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, so I remember we full had a few of these on Laserdisc when I was a kid at my grandma's mm-hmm. house, and the ones that we had, I believe, were Sleeping Beauty. That one has uh, Bernadette Peters as Sleeping. I, I don't think her name is Aurora. I think no, it's just yeah. Sleeping Beauty, mm-hmm. and Beverly D'Angelo yeah. as the evil fairy, and yes. Carol Kane is like the good fairy. And okay. the whole theme is like Arabian Nights, yes. which is kind of an interesting take on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they tried to do little avant-garde spins. You know, something that you couldn't do today, an Arabian Nights spin with an all-white cast. But, you know, it was Um I love <laughs> Beverly D'Angelo's... Oh, uh, man. Her at the very end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't turn into a dragon. She just sort of turns like into a, a, a big reptile lady. Yeah, and she has like these long oh, fingernails. I used to God. love it as a kid. Yeah, so mm-hmm. cool. And, and what else do we had? We had, uh, I think, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Okay. I can't remember who is, who's in that one. And then... Uh, we may have had the Prague Prince. I don't know. What sure. were kind of your favorites as a, as a kid that you would watch? Uh, I remember the Little Red Riding Hood episode because we I watched, remember... We watched the clip of that last night. When they yep. cut open the Big Bad Wolf, who's played by Malcolm McDowell, and Mary Steenburgen, alive, pops out of the, the wolf's stomach. <laughs> to this day, scarred for life. Um Ricky Schroeder and the little girl from Savannah Smiles, uh, R.I.P., were Hansel and Gretel. Isn't it um, Joan Collins, who's the witch? Yes. In that, which yes. is kind of awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the Snow White with Elizabeth McGovern. And, um, Elizabeth McGovern and Vanessa Redgrave. And Vanessa Redgrave. Mm-hmm. As I always remember queen. her in her, like, uh, in, like, her bedroom where she's running around and she's seeing her reflections. Well, what we loved about this as a kid, mm-hmm. my mom had a Grimm's fairy tale book. 
and she would read them to us, and me and all Amy, of the, all of the weird dark shit just and all like, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, well, especially like I, I think Cinderella is like a really that's the weird one, one. That's and all of that's one. sort of put into into the woods, like yeah. Sondheim's into the woods, yeah. like all of the, the pecking weird of the eyes, plot the points of Cinderella, cutting off of mm-hmm. the toes and the heels and all of that and everything, and. Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theaters did that. They incorporated yeah. all of these dark elements. Like they didn't softball no. how fucked up all of these yeah. stories were to kids. Yeah. And so in the Beauty and the Beast episode, I think they lean even more into Belle, which they name straight up Beauty. Beauty. They're like, hey, Beauty, what's up? Yeah. I just call her Belle. Um, they lean even more into after the beast changes to the prince she's really like oh hi all right okay <laughs> she's straight up like i don't know who you are yeah because there is no avenant character in that version yes because they're truncated they're, they're truncated they're 45 they're, minutes they're 45 yeah. to 50 minutes yeah. so there's not the whole like well you kind of look like my friend and i loved him but whatever she's straight up like oh Okay. And he's like, well, could you learn? Like, what do you think? And she's like, well, it's going to take me a minute. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay. And then they just (laughs) walk off. So I love that um, one of the sisters is played by Angelica Houston. Yes. In the fairy tale theater. So interesting. At this time with Angelica Houston, Mm -hmm. I mean, she was definitely a star. Well, but it was early in her career. It was early in her career. But she she was more of a model. She was more like model and socialite. And she dated Jack Nicholson in the 70s. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Young Angelica Houston. Beautiful woman. Very striking. But but also kind of unusual. Also a little witchy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) A little witchy looking. Um, But I love it. But yeah, um, and that episode is directed by um, mm. Roger Vadim. Roger Vadim, yeah, and he did Barbarella, mm-hmm. and I believe that he was married to. He was married to Jane, Jane Fonda, Fonda, but at the yeah. time of Barbarella, mm-hmm. so like literally in the sixties, like fifty-five years ago. <laughs> he had a son with Catherine Deneuve. Oh so wow, interesting. Roger Vadim got around mm-hmm. like the most beautiful women in Hollywood. It doesn't look like they were married, but they definitely dated as they were making the movie. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so Fairy Tale Theater got a lot of big directors, cool directors, um, people with a point of view, and a lot of really great actors. Um, all on YouTube. Check them out. Yeah, yeah. The Karen Black, um, Little Mermaid is also yes, really good. Karen Black is the Sea Witch. Mm-hmm. Pam Dauber from Mork and Mindy. Oh, our older. Our older listeners, did I just call you old? <laughs> I sure did. If you remember Mork and Mindy. <laughs> you probably need eye cream. Yeah. Go take your Boniva. Not Boniva. That's too old. <laughs> yeah, I think Fairytale Theater was is is uh, was a, a lot of fun. But the thing is, these old and this isn't even this doesn't even count as a Grimm's fairy tale. This is was this French yeah. novel. But I don't know. Like I said, my mom had that Grimm's fairy tale book and my sister and I, we were just fascinated. We were just like, this is wild. This is for kids. This is for us. These are old stories. And every time there was an adaptation, I was always down. I was always like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's see it. So I didn't care if it was Disney animated, whatever. I was just like, let's watch it. Do we want to talk a little bit about the kind of forgotten re- Disney live action remake 
of oh. Beauty and the Beast. Oh. So do you remember the whole <laughs> brouhaha of the first exclusively gay moment yes. in and a Disney did, yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking during all of that press. So lies. Lies and deception. Are y'all just forgetting that <laughs> um, the 1946 version does not exist? Because that movie is queer as hell. <laughs> and, Not and the you know, Jean-Cocteau when erasure. Of, when I kind of give <laughs> that movie credit, it's directed by Bill Condon, mm-hmm. like, who is gay. Yeah. So, and whenever you sort of do a pass of this material, you cannot help but directly pull from this, right, this right, movie. Right. It's like you have to. And, I mean, Beating the Beast is fine. The... Emma Watson one. Yeah. It's fine. It's what I refer to as a very single serving movie. You watch it once. One and done. You enjoy it. Yeah. You may put it on after you've bought the Blu-ray. And then you're just like, you know, I think I'm good. Yeah. Like, I watched this once and it is fine. Did we or did we not see this in Mexico? We saw it in Mexico. We saw it in Mexico. I remember we watched it in Mexico when our plane got delayed. Mexico City. Mm -hmm. Our plane got delayed for hours. Yeah. And so we were so like, we were we'll just, just go to the movies. We were just wandering around Mexico yeah. City. And um, I love the novelty of going to an American movie in a foreign country. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did it have subtitles? It probably yeah. did. Yeah, Spanish subtitles. But, um, I mean, it's fine. Uh, and it's just kind of when you look at uh, the design of a character like the Beast. Yes. There is something that yeah. I do not like about how... Um, Luke, uh, it's not Luke. I mean, Luke Evans is uh, is Gaston. Daniel, who, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. There is just something that I do not like about the character design of Dan Stevens, and I know that that's probably the best that you're going to get for the Beast, but yeah. I don't like it. Well, I mean, look at the the French Vincent Cassel version. The Vincent Cassel version is also weird, which I have not watched. That it's movie. also weird. I don't. I I bet that it's probably pretty good. There's some if crazy I were to shit actually like sit. To, Sit down and watch it. I mean, if anything, it's a French version of, yeah. Rome, of uh, Beauty and the Beast. So the thing about the 1991 animated feature is that, you know, the thing about animated movies is the whole point of animation is to do something. To do stuff that you, that can't, you can't do. do. Things that you can't mm-hmm. film, right? And this Beast character that they created is so cool because... You have no constraint of how do we build this? How do we make it look real? You just buy it when it's animated, right? Mm-hmm. And not always. Some things look a little funky. And it takes the finesse of the Disney animators to say, we're going to put in these horns and it's going to have a bear's build. And it's going to have – Kind all- of has the, has the neck arch like a, like a buffalo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of the there's so many. I mean, there's tons of uh, behind the scenes features, and they are talking about all the animals that they pulled from to create the beast from the and 1991. He's, and he's voiced by heartthrob Robbie Benson. Robbie Benson, blue eyes, black mm-hmm. hair. I love it. Um, but the the beast that they created, this like weird pastiche of animals, and you know all these crazy features, it works so well. And in these Disney live-action remakes... Which I guess the Beast is animated. Yeah. Because it's visual effects. But, I mean, they're trying to do something photo-real with it. Yeah, and they didn't even adhere to the Beast from the animated feature. He's 
doesn't look like him. Which I guess is fine. Like, you can have the beast sort of have its own look. But, but then why does Pinocchio just look like a f- well, cut and paste job? The reviews of Pinocchio have not been great. We have are probably going to watch it right off we get off. Right when we it get is, off this recording. We are recording this on Disney Plus Day. Yeah, so we're probably going to watch it right and after we finish up this episode. You know, the big thing about when we first saw the images for Pinocchio, we were like, oh. Oh. It's literally. Oh, so it's literally. It's just Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Yeah. And they did this thing where, like, his eyes are, like, painted on because he's a puppet and it's magic. So his eyes are flat. As if it's paint, it uh, nah. So like, I don't know. I, maybe Pinocchio is more iconic, so they couldn't stray. But the Beast in this attempt to go photo real, I don't think they kept all the references and the proportion of the Beast from the animated movie. So the Dan Stevens character. Just yeah, it just doesn't look right. It just doesn't fit. It doesn't quite have a lot of dimension to it. It doesn't fit in the frame with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just looks funky. Looks silly. Yeah. And I I'm not one of those like Emma Watson's terrible. I like Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like her. She she does a serviceable job I think in the she's movie. Beautiful, first mm-hmm. off. She can't help that. But I think she's got great style. Um I I like her acting. I'm like Hermione. I mean, you you, you break out like the like a uh, like the vocal tune. You know, give me the give me the give me the the voice tune. Give, yeah, give me the Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. That's what they're there for. Yep. <laughs> she, whatever. She's not the greatest singer of all time. It's not the most demanding vocal mm-hmm. role. I don't know. Theater kids step to me for that one. I but. wonder how she feels about. Uh, declining La La um, Land. La La Land to make Beauty and the Beast. To make Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. I think Beauty and the Beast will probably live a little bit longer than La La Land. I don't know honest. about that. I feel like not it's a lot. Of, I feel like not a lot of people talk about it's Disney. The uh, but but there's something about Beauty and the Beast is that it was made in 2017, but yet I feel like it's just not yeah. talked about. Yeah, at you're all right. Anymore. You're right. You're right. And there are those hardcore like La La Land is my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. And listeners, if that's you, we're, sorry about we're it. looking at you. Cinefics sorry about it on YouTube. <laughs> Ranked La La Land is the greatest movie musical of all, uh, of all time. Get the hell out of here! Sorry, friends. <laughs> sorry, friends over at Cinefix on YouTube. Yeah. So I mean, this material has been around for a long time. I mean, there's been numerous television shows of Beauty and the Beast. Yes. There was the 80s one with <gasps> Linda, Linda Hamilton. Hamilton and Ron Perlman. And mm-hmm. the joke is that Ron Perlman wasn't wearing any makeup. Yes, he was. He's just crazy looking. And then there was fully like a CW one that went on for like four seasons. Yeah. There really was. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, I mean, good for those actors for collecting those paychecks. Oh, beastly Beastly, oh my god. <laughs> my friend Christine and I saw Beastly uh, at CityWalk. Oh, love it. Yep. Love we it. We saw Beastly at CityWalk. Love it. And um, the, was Mary-Kate like Alex an evil witch? Alex is turned into this weird beast SNL, like S&M. Yeah. Like, it's very, like, fetish. He's got, like, staples in his face. Yes, like, staples like, in his yeah. face. But, yeah, Mary-Kate Olsen plays, like, a high school witch. Love it. That transforms him into the beast. Like, exactly (laughs) on my brand of bullshit. And the CW show had the girl from Smallville. Yeah. 
Lana, Lana Lang. Yeah. Lana Lang. Kristen yeah. Kriuk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kristen Kriuk was, was in that. Um, yeah. Linda Hamilton and Ron Perlman. Get out of here. That was like 80s classic. He lived in the sewers. His seen, name was Vincent. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it sometimes goes on and off stream. I mean, the thing is, at the end of the day, it's an 80s it's melodrama. A, it's, a, it's a nighttime soap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but like fantasy. So it wasn't great, but it lasted a couple. So got a couple couple mm-hmm. seasons out of it. So, um, but yeah, I mean this this material. It's one of those like I don't. It's just be, it's part of cultural fabric. Like everybody, I'm knows. always surprised at uh, friends of mine that have not seen this movie. Yes, that are just really into film movies. Yeah, how that are you, a you need to watch person? this. If you're you a just, film person, if you're a film this, person, yeah. you need to watch La Belle et La Bête. And the thing mm-hmm. is, if you think. It's foreign, it's French, it's black and white, it's old, it's inaccessible. It's not. It is very watchable. Yeah. There are certain black and white foreign movies that are just like a news fest. Mm-hmm. This is very watchable. It goes down very easy. The visuals are so beautiful and just just filled every Shot yeah, like I mean, cool. it's it's cinematic poetry, and you yeah. know what's also kind of crazy about the production of this movie. So this would have been made in France, uh, sort of uh, after World War II. Yeah, as like Europe was rebuilding. Yeah, Cocteau was making this movie. Yes, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I I think if if those things are kind of scaring you away, in that it's like, oh, it's too avant garde, or it's too like artsy or filmy or whatever it's it's definitely not that it it is an old movie and it does have it feels like an old movie but at the same time i think a modern audience um and you're gonna pick up on things that you have seen oh yeah things that you've seen reference in other movies it came from you if it 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 reminds you if it reminds you of something else that something else that it reminds you of ripped it off from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the thing about uh, older movies, black and white movies. Sometimes I feel like, oh my God, this the pacing of these movies. Yeah. No, no, no. This movie is paced. It's pretty quick very, and snappy. Yeah. I mean, this has always been my favorite adaptation mm-hmm. of this fairy tale. Mm-hmm. I'm, I love how dreamlike it is. Mm-hmm. It's a movie about like desire. Yeah. And it's also about shame, what we hide inside of oh, ourselves. Yes. And yes. I mean, any homosexual knows about like <laughs> self loathe too. So yeah, we can all yeah. sort of see ourselves in a character like the beast. So putting on a mask and hiding your true self. If you're gonna your like identity, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. And I mean, on top of all that, this movie's serving glamour. It's serving Andre Leon Talley. It's, ser- it's serving creative director of American Vogue. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's serving Claudia. It's with uh, Orbe hair. Was there ever a photo shoot <laughs> on America's Next Top Model where I mean I feel like AMTM would never be this like cool that yeah, they would no, recreate no. A, a like a scene no. from Beauty and the Beast. But I'm I'm doing I'm doing Sandra Bernhardt on Letterman where he's just like, "Oh, oh, sure." Okay. <laughs> I'm serving Helena makeup and Orbe hair and Andre Leon Talley. <laughs> serving all of it. We're serving the 60s by way of the 90s. This movie's serving all of that. So it's got all the queer shit and it's got some, it's got cool film 
person cred. Like mm. I'm a film dude, and I know about the French New Wave. Like the Fr- oh, oh, by the way, like all that French New Wave, they owe everything to oh, Cocteau. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, Good don't point. even get me started on like Jules and Jim. Right, if you have not seen this movie, Godard can go jump yeah, in the lake. Godard can go yeah. fly a damn kite, as far as Cocteau is concerned. Like they owe everything to this. What did Orpheus, the the other one that he had done? Yeah, yeah. So it's like you you have to start with this. So and it's queer as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, I'm glad the director. That it was the, our the first. first um, it was our first foreign movie that we've done. Yes, I always want to do more. I mean, I we are going to be doing one in a few weeks that Ooh. is – it is in Spanish. Okay. We previewed it in our newsletter. Mm-hmm. We will be recording it soon with a friend. Yes. And I love to get something – I love to do something by, like, Almodovar. Mm-hmm. Like, what Like what Almodovar mm-hmm. movie do you think that we should cover eventually? I don't know. I mean, Bad Education. Bad Education, yeah. bad education is really mother. good. All About My Mother. Yeah. Um, all really good. I mean, we could even do something like Volver. Too. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. They're all great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love a foreign film on this podcast. But yeah, I, my biggest thing for you, the listener, is that if you feel like these movies are not accessible to you as maybe an American moviegoer or a modern moviegoer or an English speaking moviegoer, don't have those feelings. Um, yeah. Don't have those kind of insecurities about it. They're accessible. And certain ones are more accessible than others, and we always go for those on this show. We're always going to bring you the ones that are like, go down easy, you know? So mm. definitely recommend this movie. Um, it, there's a Criterion release of it, if yeah. you can get your hands on that. I have the, I have the Blu-ray of it's it. It's got, mm-hmm. they're not called special features. The supplements. They're called supplements mm-hmm. on Criterion, because they're cool. But um, yeah. It's, I'm sure it's, it's on, available for rent I'm everywhere. Sure it's on the, I'm everywhere. sure it's on the Criterion yeah, channel. On Criterion too. channel. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. So, so go look it up. La Belle La Bette, 1946. Well, Pete, do you want to wrap things up? I think we should wrap things up. This was a fun yeah, episode. This was a great episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. But I think it's probably time of the show. Patreon shout outs. Yes, indeed. <laughs> It is time to say hello to all of our wonderful patrons, including Flemish Giant, Jackson, Millie, Darcy, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Christopher, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Elizabeth, Genevieve, Dawn, Josh, Emlamelli, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Rufino and Christine. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you, guys. Our Patreon has got a lot of cool stuff on there, including... The Watch With Us commentaries. Yes! You'll get access to those. We're probably going to be recording another one for this month, and we're coming up on October. We usually do a few in October, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, patrons, listen up. If you have any suggestions for a Watch With Us commentary track, let us know, and, you know, maybe we'll... Uh... The commentary tracks are fun because they're the type of movies that we may not do an individual episode on, but um, we still like to watch movies, though. Yeah, absolutely. Watch it with us. And I can't stress this enough. You can listen to it as a supplemental episode, but if you sync it up with the movie and watch the commentary and we comment on the movie as you're watching it, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I love doing it. It's really fun. Um, so check that out. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for uh, all of the uh, 
tier levels that we have and all of the features on there. So we would love it if you become a patron. All of that, all of the donations that you provide to us, we cannot thank you enough for them. And they go directly into keeping this podcast alive and um, brought to you every week mm-hmm. commercial free. Yeah. So check that out. We'd also love it if you would rate and review. Give us five stars. Give us five stars. If you are listening on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can give us a five-star rating. And if you want to leave us a review that you write, we will read that on um, an episode. So thank you for doing that. It's yeah. easy and it's free. We, we love it. You can follow our social medias mm-hmm. at Movies That Made Us Gay at Facebook and, and Instagram, Instagram mm-hmm. and on Twitter at MTMUGpod. Yes, indeed. Um, so we're on all the socials. Follow us there. Mm-hmm. And if you want to follow our personals, feel free. I am Pete. I am at Peter Lasagna on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. And if you follow my letterbox close enough, you can probably see what we will be covering on the show. Oh, hey mm-hmm. You can uh, get down and dirty and figure all that out. Um, but until next week, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you very soon. Bye. Bye.